0: Welcome into another edition of the Sibling Rivalry Podcast. Week 10 is in the books and we are staring down the barrel of the finish line. I am Madison and I'm joined as always by my brother Pierce. Pierce, how you doing today?
1: Doing great. Uh it today's the first day I've kind of gotten over the the funk that was the weekend that was pretty exhausting. Um spending the weekend up in Lexington. So, had a lot of fun up there. Um but an exciting week this week and uh you know Learned a lot, I believe.
0: Oh, so you had some key takeaways. You mind me uh, asking what those are?
1: Certainly. Uh, I thought it was just the cream of the crop kind of rose to the top um, this week. There were a lot of good games, um, and I think you saw certain teams, um, I won't get into it yet, but certain teams, you know, really kind of show their dominance and, you know, stick out amongst the rest as, as the elite teams um, in the country.
0: Yeah, I think we're getting a better picture of the playoff race, obviously. Yeah. Now, um, I want to pick your brain a little bit as we go through these games, um, as all of the ones who are contenders right now are games that we looked at or picked um, last week. So I want to get right into it. I don't want to mess around. This is going to be our Week 10 recap. We'll have the preview for you here in a day uh, or two. But I want to just go ahead, like I said, and get right into it because there's a lot to unpack this week. The first game we covered, oh, first of all, wait, I'm, I'm jumping the gun. I already know the results of this, but Pierce, do you want to tell the people how we did this week on our picks? <laughs> we of course had our dad join in, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to hear how you, him, he, how he, you, and I did. Does that grammatically that doesn't make sense? But hit us no. with what the results of the picks were.
1: Um, your boy didn't do so hot. Um, worst week of the year by far for for yours truly.
0: Don't mess around. Just tell the people
1: one and nine. Um, Ooh. only win Ooh. being only win being Georgia
0: one and nine. yeah I,
1: I went uh I went very I went out there with some of my underdog picks and for whatever reason I didn't hit on any and I think that just it, it was because I thought that some teams that were contenders ended up being pretenders so um, a couple teams I was wrong about unfortunately um
0: well hold then, on I picked some underdogs too though
1: well, yeah and your dogs were like plus two and they would they and they would lose by one okay but the ridiculous. point is, y- the y'all, point is y'all had
0: I picked underdogs two. as well y-
1: okay yeah to your credit you did you're acting like
0: a martyr well I picked all the underdogs I so did. uh I actually it's it's expected that I would lose a bunch of picks
1: well no, I didn't necessarily think that I just think that a lot of times that you, you do see underdogs cover if they're pretty evenly matched and I think, well, at least I thought they were evenly matched, and so I, I was wrong on a couple teams. Um, you
0: did not think Clemson and Louisville were even matched,
1: here, but to my credit, Texas and West Virginia—like that—that game really could have gone that's either true. way. Yeah. So that one's one of those that I'm kind of like, I don't, you know, okay, chunk yeah, yeah, up okay, like it was a coin flip. Sure. All um, right. Well, how did Dad do? Dad went five and five. Um, that's
0: respectable. That's, that's about uh, that's, what our guests are doing so far. I think yeah. Grant's still in the lead, right?
1: I believe so. I think so. I don't have, uh, no, you have it in front of you. Let's see. Yeah, at six. Um, okay, so Grant's still in the lead with six. Isn't great. And uh, you tied that number at six and four last week. Uh, I think maybe your best week or tying your best week of the year. Um, you had a pretty solid one. You had wait wait uh, wait.
0: Last week I got seven right though.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was my best. You're catching, week last week. You're catching a heater.
0: Wow. Well, how many did I get right this it's week?
1: Too, too bad you don't actually. How many did
0: I get right this week?
1: Six and four.
0: I just want to hear you say it.
1: But if you were actually throwing dollars on on that, it'd probably come out to even. So just FY, but still great week, great week, great week. I don't know what you you. just said
0: to me, but it doesn't matter. I won the I I won the week. That's all that matters. Great
1: week for you. I'm Um, catching up to you. You are. You are. I I mean, one and nine sets me back big time. But anyway. Let's get into some of these games. Yeah,
0: let's go ahead. All right, so the first game that we covered was a Friday night matchup, ACC matchup. What we thought, we both, we kind of all three went into it confidently saying, hey, uh, you know, the Cavaliers are going to be the team that wins their side of the ACC. They're going to be squaring off against Clemson in the championship, and down goes UVA. The Pittsburgh Panthers taking on, like I said, the number 25 Virginia Cavaliers, beating them in Virginia, 23-13. to 13. Um, I want to hear what you have to say about that game. That was a game that, uh, again, like I said, none of us saw that coming. Uh, who'd have thunk that here in November, the Pitt Panthers would be playing their best ball?
1: I could, you know, in hindsight, um, as I say, hindsight's twenty-twenty. um I, I could actually see now Pitt and, and how they were able to beat UVA. Pitt's been in, they've been battle-tested this year, and UVA really hasn't. Um, not to say Pitt's, you know, a, a, a top twenty-five team, but still, um, they know how to win some some big games. And um, shout out to Darren Hall, the running back for Pitt, who went two hundred twenty-nine yards on only nineteen carries and three TDs. His quarterback only had, only threw sixty-one yards the entire day, so he carried the load for them. Um, and yeah, they were just able to get it done and uh, hold uh, UVA when they did have scoring chances to field goals, and that's that's oftentimes what can win you ball games.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and to your point, neither of these teams necessarily are things to write home about. Uh, But ultimately, Pittsburgh's able to get it done on the road. I I should have—I really did want to go with Pittsburgh initially, and I think in my analysis, I was kind of talking about when you have an unspeakable tragedy like the one that took place a couple weeks ago in Pittsburgh. You know, teams typically tend to get up with you know get, you know, get a little bit of fire under their bellies because of something like that when they you know rally around their communities, if you will. Uh, But I just was like, well, I don't know though, because UVA, you know, it's the you know, it's home, it's the biggest game that they've had, they have the potential to clinch their division, uh, but ultimately they are not able to get it done. So the Pittsburgh Panthers are probably going to win their side of the ACC, I believe, right?
1: Well, it's I don't, a I don't know. cluster. I, yeah, I was going to say, so. that, that's,
0: it's a little bit of a mess, but I think I read somewhere that that is, in fact, what the case is. So, hey, good for Pittsburgh Next up, we covered the Louisville Cardinals taking on the Clemson Tigers. The number two Clemson Tigers. Get it right. Uh, ultimately, I mean, I called this one up. Pierce was the only one, I think, who took Louisville 77-16. to 16, Dabo Sweeney and the boys showing no mercy to the Louisville Cardinals. Bobby Petrino might be looking at a little bit of a hot seat here. Uh, not might be. He's definitely looking at a bit of a hot seat here. Uh, as things continue to get worse in Louisville. Pierce, what did you take away from this game?
1: Um Louisville is really 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 bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Short and simple. Well, okay,
0: okay, hold on. <laughs> let me let me cue this up a different way. Is this more of an indictment on Louisville or more of a holy crap Clemson's just next level good?
1: Indictment on Louisville. Okay. Um Clemson's great. They didn't have to use their they didn't have to use Trevor Lawrence that much. They he went 8 for 12 for only 59 yards. Granted, he threw for two t- touchdowns and had an interception. Ironically, um, but I mean, they, the storyline from this game there are two. One, Etienne Dixon and Feaster, the running backs for Clemson, all rushed for over hundred yards, and all were under. They were single digit carries. Etienne had eight rushes for one hundred fifty three and nineteen point one average. Uh, Dixon four rushes for one hundred sixteen yards, twenty nine uh, yard average. Feaster six rushes 101 yards 16.8 average, so Louisville cannot stop the run. Granted, Clemson has a good rushing uh, offense, um, but then the second the the main storyline I think was seeing uh, Dabo Sweeney's son get a get a touchdown late in the game, and to see him on the sideline react to that that was pretty yeah, cool. That's cool. It?
0: That's cool. That's special whenever you can see a coach uh, who is coaching their son have a moment like that. Uh, something uh, a personal connection is you know at, at FSU when that uh, the uh, he was, I guess, he was the line coach, and his son uh, came in and played QB oh, and scored yeah. a touchdown. Well, he ended I can't up remember transferring to yeah.
1: um, West Virginia. Yep. What was his name? Oh man, I don't remember. It'll come to me.
0: Oh, well, well, anyways, yeah, that's always really cool. Uh, I, I, I disagree with you though. I don't think trick this it. is trick it, yes, yep. Trick. I don't think this is so much an indictment on Louisville. I mean, it is. I mean, don't get me wrong, Louisville's not a good team. But I think this is more of Clemson gearing up and knowing that hey, we're not just looking to win our division. We're not just looking to win our conference. We're looking to position ourselves here in the playoff. Putting up 77, even though it's Louisville, putting up 77s Alabama type numbers. It's video game numbers. It's cheat well, code to, numbers
1: because they're not playing yeah. the greatest talent. So exactly,
0: they and they're undefeated. But you know they go into Boston College next week, and God forbid something happens at Boston College. You want to position yourself so that nobody's looking at you going, well. But you only put up, you know, this many on Louisville. They go, well, they dominated all the other teams. They just had a fluke at Boston College or a fluke down the road or whatever. I don't think that's going to happen to them. I think that they take care of business. But, again, like I said, you start looking at those things when you're Louisville-level talent, when you're Alabama-level talent. And it's not just about getting out of the game. It's about dominating and and doing it in this – exciting of a fashion as possible so uh, yeah that's more of my feeling on it uh, Clemson's gonna be one of those teams that we keep talking about again like I said down the home stretch as we're looking at this playoff picture you know I guess they what they held to I mean they're undefeated so they held number two I want to know really quickly I know we're not talking about this game yet but in your eyes Clemson or Notre Dame who deserves that number two spot clearly uh, Clemson. Uh, 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 Obviously, Alabama's number one, but you think Clemson number two, and you think so. You think the pollsters are getting it right? Then well, we'll the get to it. it right.
1: We'll get to it when we get to the game. But I think um, uh, something that I'm, I think everybody's starting to, to catch on to is that while Notre Dame had that great win against Michigan, they they've had some good games, but they don't seem to be improving down the stretch. And so I don't see them as quite an elite. Now they'll get in if they go undefeated, no doubt. But they did not have a tough schedule and I think people are looking at them going, Boy, we hope they lose because if we have to put them in, they're gonna get dominated in the first round or first playoff game.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. All right, what game do you want to look at next?
1: Uh the next game, let me see. I believe it was uh uh, Texas, West Virginia.
0: All right, Texas, West Virginia. Uh, that game taking place in Austin. The number 13 West Virginia Mountaineers taking on the number 17 Texas Longhorns. Uh, this was kind of one of those make or break games. These teams aren't, aren't I mean, I guess you could argue that West Virginia is still at this point, but really not. Neither of these teams are really, you know, fighting for a playoff spot, but it's one of those things where this is a statement win. This is the kind of thing that you can point to for recruits. West it's Virginia can't. Can. Well, okay, but we'll talk about that in a second. But again, these teams, you know, where they're falling right now and where we think the rest, I think the rest of the season is going to play out. I don't really think these teams have a shot, but it's, again, one of those things where you can hang your hat on a victory like this and say, hey, we went into Austin or we, you know, held off number 13, West Virginia. Ultimately, West Virginia gets it done uh, 42 to 41. This was one of those that we were, of course, at the Georgia game in Lexington, but we were watching the score up on the scoreboard. You know, they have the other scores rolling through uh, on a, a screen and it was one of those that we just kept going, okay, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? I was kind of sad I wasn't by my TV for this one, but ultimately West Virginia needed a, a couple late scores to get it done. So, uh, what did you think here? You're obviously more of the Big 12 guy. I want to hear your analysis of this game.
1: Um, I thought it was it was very even. Um, I thought either team could have won this game. Um, both QBs threw for over 300 yards. Um, I think the difference was West Virginia's running game. Um, They got over 200 yards rushing to Texas's just got under that. I think, I think West Virginia was able to wear them out, but it was one of those games that came down to the wire and, you know, a gutsy call by um, Dana Holgerson to go for two. Um, They could just as easy, easily have lost that game. Not to mention they had to drive down the field in the final two minutes of the game, just to, just to have a chance, just to have a chance to tie it up or to win and go, go for two and win. So, it was, uh, it was very evenly matched, good, good win by West Virginia, gutsy call by Dana Holgerson, but um, sometimes you got to do that to, to win big games in, in these conferences. So,
0: What did you think? So you obviously said both of these you know QBs had great performances, uh, but I think that the, and I, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I think that the ultimate analysis here is that uh, Sam Ellinger is, is a, a pretty good QB.
1: Yeah, he's not bad. I, they run him a lot, and so he gets banged up a lot. Um, I, I wouldn't say he's a pro, Q, uh, uh, you know, a professional. He's not going to be an NFL player. Well, he might he might last for a year or two, but I don't think he's like a, a high draft pick or anything. But he's a very capable player, and in an offense like Herman, um, being under the Urban Meyer system, a lot like Dan Mullen, I, I've said this for a long time. Those those are the coaches that scare me because. They don't necessarily have to have the best quarterback in the country, if they'll run and they'll they're they're willing to run, and they can just halfway throw the ball. The they're they're such offensive calling gurus that they're going to get them in a good spot. So, um, yeah, I mean he's he, he does look good though. I will admit he's he's doing well.
0: So we obviously before we. Uh... I went through the whole game. This is something that you kind of pushed back on me a little bit. I said I don't think either of these teams really have uh, a a huge hope to be in the playoffs. Obviously, mathematically, it could work out, and you know all you need is a couple teams to lose big games. But do you really think either of these teams – well, not Texas anymore, but do you really think West Virginia uh, has a pretty good shot, or do you think, hey, with the way things are looking – I, uh, you know, they might finish out under, you know, only going having one loss, but they're not gonna be in the playoffs. What, what are your thoughts there? Because you pushed back, so I want to hear where your heads at.
1: Well, let's see. I mean, West Virginia has Oklahoma at the end of the year. Um,
0: so, it kind of depends what you think. That's what's gonna happen there.
1: They've got TCU this weekend. Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State. Watch out for that one. That one's gonna be interesting. But then they play Oklahoma at home. I think they'll be at Oklahoma. But here's the thing. They'll have to turn it back around and either play Texas or Oklahoma, depending depending right. on how those two teams finish out. So, um, they do have a tough road to hoe. But at the same time, I think they need a couple. You know, they certainly need Michigan or Notre they need Dame to lose. Sure. Yeah, they need some help. Sure. Um, but it, it, theoretically, if they if they or hypothetically if they win out and and a couple teams fall in front of them, I think they can get in.
0: All right. Well, there you go. I don't think it's going to happen. But you know, I think that instead you're looking at that as. Well, you know, maybe they finish out the season, they beat in Oklahoma, uh, you know, they've obviously beaten Texas now, but then they have to go back around and, and, you know, since there's no divisions, they play Oklahoma again, and maybe Oklahoma beats them, and that then becomes the how the Big 12, that becomes the story, is how the Big 12 doesn't get in, is because, you know, West Virginia went on this tear. Um, all right, well, let's go ahead and let's go to the next game, which is... Georgia and UK. Georgia and UK. We were there, of course, like I said. uh, A lot of fun things going on in Lexington. Saw some, you know, things get back in rhythm for Georgia. Uh, Never really felt in danger here at all. Of course, you you know, you can argue that didn't have the greatest first half or whatever, but it's one of those things where ultimately you're looking at you're going on the road, you're playing a number nine Kentucky Wildcat team, and it's the biggest game of their season of, you know, probably one of the top five biggest games in UK history and ultimately the number six, Georgia Bulldogs get it done 34 to 17. Uh, what were your thoughts here? Obviously being in the crowd a little bit different than just watching on the TV. Have you gone back and watched this game? You know, I want to hear your biggest takeaways.
1: I have not watched the film yet. Um, you're right. It, it didn't feel like, I mean, I felt so confident going in. I didn't feel like we, there was ever, uh, you know, uh, Uncertainty that we were going to win the game. Um, that said, um, it's kind of interesting. You know, Georgia did not play well. I mean, still they make mistakes and there are issues that they need to be sorted out, and so that's alarming. But you know, Swift and Holyfield did their thing against a very good defense, proving that you know the Kentucky has an elite defense. Wrong. Um, you know, Fromm was just able to be a game manager. That's key. Both the running backs, Holyfield and From or and uh, Swift went for over 100 yards. And then keeping Benny Benny Snell, you know, to, what was it, 73 yards, I believe. Yeah,
0: 73, 20 carries, 73 yards.
1: That's a tough look for him. Um, I thought Terry Wilson for Kentucky looked all right. Um,
0: Yeah, he was kind of their bright, shining moment in their offense. Their offense hasn't been uh, particularly um, amazing. You've just been kind of looking at Terry Wilson and Benny Snell and going, hey, these guys are, you know, pretty good. They can have some good games, but this offense is pretty ineffective as far as uh, scoring goes well, Especially
1: passing Yeah So they can run the ball With Benny Snell And, and Terry um, Terry Wilson's You know A pretty good runner himself yeah. But he can throw the ball too It's just He, he can get inaccurate at times And well, they really I think that's lately. what
0: scared me though The fact that Terry Wilson was able to get it done I don't think that that's a great sign uh for Georgia's secondary, especially as we're looking down the home stretch where you you know, you've you're looking now at playing Alabama in the SEC championship and Tuatanga Vailoa can just pick who he wants to throw to and just gets it there. It's it's freak of nature like, uh, you know, from him. So that scares me a little bit to see the fact that, you know, to your point, Terry Wilson not really being the best passing Q B is able to throw for over two hundred yards on Georgia. But I, I don't know, maybe I'm just freaking out a little bit about that and it's unwarranted. What are your thoughts?
1: I mean yeah, he he didn't throw all that often to on to DeAndre Baker's side, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I mean, if he's on, you know, he can th- he can put up numbers against against good teams, but um, I think more so it's a lack of pass rush. We we really struggle to get to the passer, and that's that's really hurting us as far as on the DBs, especially these young guys. Um, obviously we, there was that one lucky touchdown that went off the receiver's hands off yeah. our defenders hands and then right into the bread basket of the, sure. uh, the receiver that batted it out of his hands in the first place. So, and that went for a touchdown. So they were kind of, you know, it wasn't all just like, you know, then Terry Wilson picking us apart, but yeah, it's something that definitely needs to get uh tightened up and, and, you know, making sure going into this home stretch that it's, it gets ironed out, but
0: yeah. All right. Well, let's move on here from this game. Where do you want to go next?
1: Let's go to Iowa and Purdue. All right. Iowa and Purdue. And this game really pissed me off, by the way. Because oh. this was one of those games that you covered, yet Purdue won, and I was on Purdue, and Iowa was plus three. I mean, give me a break.
0: Yeah, I don't. I really don't know why Iowa was the dog here, other than the fact that it was on the road.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of... I think the bookmakers realize that, okay, Purdue's been... You know they win over Ohio State. They they they're actually playing pretty good right yeah. now, and they've been they're being seen by the public. And I think that's kind of one of those things where they're like, I think it's a pretty even game. We're just going to get Purdue the home field advantage.
0: Yeah, I, I don't again I don't know, but the number sixteen Iowa Hawkeyes went into uh, the Boilermakers home and it took the down. Or no, sorry, they didn't take down. They got taken down rather by Purdue thirty eight to thirty six. But to your point, Iowa covers. Um, all right, so. Other than the in score, what did you think of this game?
1: Well, Blau went back to his usual usual self, going for three thirty three on um, through the air, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. Um, that really was the difference maker. Uh, Iowa just couldn't quite get it done. Stanley ended up playing, threw for two seventy five. Not not too bad of a performance. They couldn't get much going on the ground, but. Um, Big drive there, big, uh, big field goal with eight seconds left by Purdue. And that's what enabled them to, to come out with a two point victory.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, I, I don't have much to add about this game other than, uh, thanks to the Hawkeyes for covering so that I got those points and not Pierce. All right, where do you want to go next?
1: Penn State at the big house, Michigan.
0: All right. Now, this was one, to quote another, uh, podcast that I listen to that I'm a big fan of, another, uh, College football podcast. I also follow them on social media, and they tweeted that this was like Michigan crock potting Penn State on the lowest possible setting. It was one of those that, you know we kept looking, like I said, it was going on at the same time as the Georgia game. We kept looking up at the scoreboard and it kept saying, you know, hey, you know, 28 nothing, 28 nothing, 28 nothing, nothing, and at the end, you look at it and you say, oh, wow, we've got this, you know, masterful victory, and not that it, you know, wasn't throughout the entire thing, but it was one of those things where it was just slow, very slow crockpotting, uh, and ultimately at the end you look at it and go, wow, you yeah, that score is a lot higher than I expected it to be, um, but ultimately number five, Michigan Wolverines taking down the number 14 Penn State Nittany lines, 42 to. To seven. This is one of those teams, Pierce, that uh, you know doesn't necessarily need any help. The destiny's in their own hands. But uh, you know, this kind of a win is a pretty big statement win for Michigan here for the playoff committee. I want to hear your thoughts on the performance from Michigan.
1: Yeah, it, it's kind of misleading—not misleading, but it's interesting. The stats from from Michigan's side of of the perspective is not that crazy. I mean, um, Patterson only threw for one forty-four. Higdon was great on the ground, one thirty-two. Um, the, the big difference was Michigan's defense. Incredible. Uh, McSorley only had 83 yards, uh, passing and they didn't have a hundred yard rusher and they forced, I believe it was three turnovers. So, um, you know, they had a big, that pick that, w- that they returned at 63 yards. I believe it was for a touchdown. That was huge. That was the backbreaker. Um, and then they got some good, you know, on some of those fumbles, um, they were able to get good field position. So that was key as well. Um, but yeah, it's uh I don't know, it was weird. Looking at the stats, I would have thought that uh it would have been a little bit more lopsided, but um
0: I was pretty lopsided still though. it, it
1: still was. It still was.
0: I I, I think it like Michigan's I said it team, just took but... a while to get there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To your point. The crock potting it makes sense. Um but yeah, I mean, Michigan, uh their defense is legit and I don't know if Shea Patterson's good enough to lead them past the first round of the playoffs, but he might be good enough to beat Ohio State, so well, yeah, that's a much anticipated game to look forward to. No,
0: oh, and that's one of those that we'll be looking at very closely as Georgia fans because we'll need, you know, uh, some craziness to happen here down the home stretch. It's a couple teams to lose a couple. You know, even uh, no, I say all that to say this. If we lose the SEC championship, we're not in. But if we win the SEC championship, obviously we're in. But it's still one of those things where you want to put a little bit of cushion you don't want to give the committee any reason to uh you know overthink things so ultimately uh, Michigan getting it done though and uh, like you said looking forward to some of those games down the home stretch all right next up where are we going
1: North Notre Dame at northwestern
0: okay Notre Dame at Northwestern this is another one of those teams in the playoff picture number four Notre Dame at Going in to Evanston to take on Northwestern, and they come away with the victory, thirty-one to twenty-one. They were in the uh, driver's seat for the entirety of this game, but it's one of those that you look back and you go, "Ooh, a couple missed things, couple you know, different way." You this this could have been Northwestern's game. It was one of those things where we all kind of were looking forward to it, maybe saying, "Hey, maybe this is a sneaky good game," but ultimately Northwestern proving that this might just be their Cinderella year, and they get it done. Uh, so, what are your thoughts here from the? fighting uh Irish.
1: Ian Book uh had a phenomenal game, 343 through the air. Uh also added 56 on the ground including a 37-yard touchdown run. Um two TDs through there as well. Um seem, seem to be a pretty easy win, but the scrappy uh Wildcats were able to keep it keep it close and you got to admire the effort, but you, you'd expect a Notre Dame team to be able to to you know beat a team by more than just ten points like this. I, I mean North, Northwestern's a good program. They've got good talent and they they are very well coached and they're always gonna have, you know, good teams and sneak up on people. But I, I was I was surprised. Notre Dame just hasn't been winning in the fashion that I'd like to see the last few weeks. So um, interesting I, I can't wait to see them play Syracuse in New York in uh, Yankee Stadium because that might be a potential Game to circle as an upset alert.
0: Oh, you're putting the uh, Fighting Irish on upset alert versus Syracuse.
1: Yeah, Syracuse has legit Dungey at quarterback. He, they've got some legit talent, and um, they played Clemson. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence was banged up and couldn't play in the you know for two thirds of the game. But um, you know, Clemson's. I mean, and they beat Clemson the year before. But Syracuse is has some pretty legit talent. A, some a sneaky good team. So. Um, and, and with the travel schedule that Notre Dame's had, having to go cross-country two or three times in the last month, um, I think they have a chance to, I think Syracuse has a chance, a real, realistic shot to upset Notre Dame.
0: Okay, well, let's go ahead and skip down to Oklahoma and Texas Tech. I'm going to leave the marquee matchup as the one of the last ones we talk about. All right, so the number seven... Oklahoma Sooners taking on Texas Tech. This is one of those that you knew it was going to be a shootout. You knew that there was going to be a lot of points put up. But ultimately, the Sooners get it done 51-46. to 46. Uh, My money was on the Red Raiders. Did Ed, The Red Raiders covered here, though, right?
1: They did. All they right. were getting 14, and they covered. Um, there you go. Pretty easy cover. Uh, Kyler Murray had a phenomenal game, 360 through the air. Uh, Trey Sermon, though, on the ground. 206 yards on 26 uh, rushes. That's phenomenal. Kyler Murray also added 11 rushes for 100 yards. Um, their offense is really, really good. Um, Texas Tech had a good good performance, good showing. Um, over 350 yards passing through the air with two separate quarterbacks. I'm not sure if Allen Bowman got hurt or not, but uh, maybe they had a Yeah, two well, you heard about him, right? What happened?
0: He ended up going to the hospital because he had suffered. He had kind of like a partially collapsed lung a few weeks ago and he went back to the hospital uh, after this game for the same injury. So gotcha. thoughts out to him for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, kind of surprised that Texas Tech was at Tech. Oklahoma's been playing some solid defense as of the last three three weeks or so. Se- people seem to think they're getting back into stride on defense. They have a new defensive coordinator. That's well worth noting. Um, but, yeah, not surprising that Texas Tech could uh, could keep up with them just based off of uh, their high prolific offense all
0: right well we got to move on here to the marquee matchup this is the one that everybody had their eyes on I don't know why anybody would be stupid enough me to think that LSU could do anything other than what they did in this game the number one Alabama Crimson Tide proving why they're so dominant as they take down number three LSU Tigers 29 to nothing in Death Valley uh, I was listening to uh, another podcast, and they were talking about how you know you got to figure that Death Valley gives you about ten to twenty points home home field advantage points, right? It's it's a it's an electric atmosphere. Uh, okay, so you can argue on the amount. You're looking yeah. at me kind of funny, but you can argue on the amount. But the point is, it gives you a pretty decent home field advantage. The scary thing is Alabama went into LSU. Shut them out and was able to. we able to put up twenty nine points. So you got to think that on a neutral field, that Alabama would be, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe they would have gotten to, God, close to fifty. I would think, uh, points if you put them in a neutral setting and not, you know, something that's going to shake up. You know, not that he was shaken up, but you know, shake up to a tongue of Ilo or any of these other players. So, uh, yeah, this was a just all out dominating performance, and again, I am scared to death to take on Alabama and the SEC Championship. Um, I don't know if I give us even a fighting chance, but we'll talk about that down the home stretch. but I want to get your thoughts here on this game uh, with Alabama and LSU.
1: Yeah, Alabama, what stuck out to me was Alabama's D-line was so dominant, so dominant, and I'm going to say something that most people probably don't agree with because of how Burroughs did against Fromm, but I think Fromm has a much better chance of playing to the level of competition as an Alabama over Burrows, and I know that's maybe being a little bit outlandish, but that's my take. I'm sticking to it. You saw what he did against Bama last year. I was they they had a phenomenal Alabama had a phenomenal D line. Their linebackers are really good. They're susceptible in the in the uh, the back end just just slightly, and I think Burroughs missed a couple plays down there, down down deep throws and whatnot where um he should have he should have made and he his accuracy continues to be an issue for him um he's averaging right around 50 percent and you want to see those guys in the 60s um I mean they didn't get they didn't have a single rusher that rushed for over uh to rush for even over 20 yards so that that was pretty alarming I think their defensive line just came out or Alabama's defensive line just came out and just dominated that um Tua had a phenomenal game um had had some scary moments. He got hurt. Um, he got a, a shot to the groin. Came back in. Looked funny on Why that. Why
0: do you guys pronounce that word that way? On
1: that long uh, growing, growing.
0: It's definitely groin. Groin. You guys take. Dad says it really bad. He says growing. Growing. No, groin is G R O W I N G. Yeah. Groin is G R O I N. Groin. Groin. You said groin.
1: Well, whatever. <laughs> Fish Posh. Um yeah, I mean, and Alabama ran the ball really well on the ground, and that's a recipe for success in the SEC. Um but we'll see. Yeah, Alabama clearly looks like the best team to beat, uh, or the team to beat right now. And by a pretty large margin, I think it's them and Clemson are the only two teams that have a chance. Um and I'd I'd feel pretty confident about putting uh A lot of money on Alabama minus 17 over Georgia right now.
0: Oh, I I would too, for sure. I think that that is a low line. But, of course, they want to make it seem like it's going to be an interesting game. All right, well, this is the last game that we picked. Oh, you got something to say?
1: Oh, what else do we have?
0: We got one last game. We got our Pac-12 after dark.
1: Ooh, forgot about Washington State.
0: Yeah, the Cow Golden Bears went into Pullman to take on the number eight, Washington State Cougars. The Cougars ultimately get it done 19-13. to 13. A little bit closer than I think most people would expect, but uh, ultimately, like I said, get it done. Gardner Minshew, not the strongest performance he's ever had, but, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I love wa- the way the Wazoo's playing. I love some Pac-12 after dark. That's why we always pick that game. Um, it's like candy at the end of the night after some uh, defensive slugs of or slogs, rather, of watching the SEC. It's fun to watch the, uh, the old Pac-12 boys air it out. So I want to hear your thoughts really quickly what you thought about this game, at Cal, and Washington State.
1: Well, yeah, Minshew's uh, stat line of of 330-plus passing yards um, is a little misleading. Uh to only put up nineteen points that's kind of shocking to me um cal did have some good uh they they you know to, twice when they got in the red zone they forced them to kick field goals um so that's big but you know cal has snuck up on some teams this year they're they're not half bad um this was kind of a, another little trap spot for washington state uh, that that conference seems to eat each other alive a lot like the s e c does um but yeah, great, great comeback or great final drive to score a touchdown with 32 seconds left uh, by Minshew um, to win the game 19 13. Hey, it's not when you're five and one and you not control your own destiny, but you're just trying to trying to get in the conversation. You just gotta win games.
0: Sure. Absolutely. A couple other scores I want to talk about before we wrap up here. Nebraska in number 10, Ohio State. Ohio State ultimately gets it done. But wowza, this was the only game that we could get on our uh – TV at the tailgate in Lexington, and so we were all huddled around watching it, and it was one of those that, you know, we were kind of going, what's happening here? Uh, so ultimately, Ohio State gets it done, but not pretty in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the Missouri Tigers went into the Swamp to take on the number 11 Florida Gators and walk away with the victory, 38-17. to Not a great look for Florida after uh, the loss to, uh, to Georgia the week before. Uh, and then the other game I wanted to talk about really super quickly uh if i can find it
1: was it Tennessee?
0: oh yes it's tennessee thank you
1: 14 to 3 14 over charlotte to
0: three over charlotte listen a win's a win's a win's a win and that's the kind of thing you need to build your program but holy crap if you are a tennessee fan are you not going what just happened
1: well the best was the the post game presser by pruitt yes he said something along the yes. lines of Well, I think we played a uh, a football team that is uh pretty pretty close in talent to us, and and it was like, you mean to tell me you just played a team that is should uh, I mean you should put up forty points against them and you call them equal and like talent and a very good team like what? what?
0: They scored Tennessee scored two touchdowns in the first quarter and then were lifeless the rest of the game.
1: I know Um, it's a shame. Hopefully, they get back on track, but. Um, this 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 season's all about writing the ship, getting wins, getting confidence. So, and then they've got to recruit well. So, but anyway, um, do you think
0: Tennessee's going to be eligible for a bowl? No, because they've got UK left. That's probably a loss. Yep. Missouri. That's probably a loss. Yep. And Vandy. And then at Vandy. And I
1: think they'll lose. To Vandy. So they've
0: got to win two of those last three. Okay. Well, there's a shot. There's a shot. Mm.
1: I think there's a shot. Um, but yeah, if they lose to Vandy and if they lose to either Missouri or Kentucky or both, I think that's a a bad bad look. Um so let's hope uh they can at least win two of those three to get in.
0: Hey now, I don't want them to get in, but that's just the bias in me talking. All right, well I think that's it. That's all I have. Did you have something?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to recap oh, my easy peezys. peasy plays. Um don't worry about my dad's. His both lost in terrible fashion. He had Florida over Missouri. That was a terrible pick. He he had he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, three and one on the week. UCF. I got him at a great price early in the week at ten and a half uh, over Temple. They won by twelve. Colorado was my lone loss. Um, that was unfortunate. Georgia was my lock of the century. Lock of the of the year at nine and a half. Hope y'all went big on that one. That was free money. And then my kind of outlandish pick was BYU plus 13 over Boise state. They covered that. I even said to sprinkle a little bit on the money line. Unfortunately that didn't work out, but, um, BYU came out with the cover. So three and one, another solid week right in the ship. Um, and, uh, having a very successful year. So, um, if you haven't been taking these picks, I highly recommend you throwing some, laying some cash down and, uh, and, uh, putting some, uh, more money in the bank account. So, That's all I got for today, Madison.
0: All right. Well, that's it. That's going to do it for us here at the Sibling Rivalry Podcast. Like I said, we'll be back in about a day or two with your week 11 look ahead. Uh, It's going to be, I think it's going to be, there's some sneaky good games, but nothing like this past week in my opinion. So, uh, you know game day ultimately going to see Clemson and Boston College, so if that's your marquee matchup of the week, it's a little bit of a sleepy Saturday for me,
1: for sure. Yeah, bad. But you get the, uh, the Deep South's oldest rivalry, even though it's not living up to the hype as in the past years year, but still, they'd they be Texas A&M they, they can come in and, and, and at least hang um, but ultimately, obviously, I think the dogs come out on top, but still, it's a big rivalry game, so a lot of hate, so it'll be a lot of fun. watching that
0: we'll have to have all of that preview for you guys in a couple days but that is going to do it for us today for my brother pierce i'm madison and we'll talk to you in a little bit
1: stay blessed y'all